Welcome to our special interview with uh, our special guest, Mr. Andrew Golden from the Jets X Factor. He's the film analyst there. Uh, Andrew, welcome and uh, just tell us a little more about yourself. Uh, hey guys, thanks for having me. I appreciate the time for sure. Um, a new uh, analyst on Jets X Factor just started a little while ago, but been covering the NFL, NFL draft in my own sense since about 2014. Um, just recently have started to start to make a little bit of a name, which is cool. Um, things like this interviews, definitely something I wouldn't have imagined doing a few years ago, but we're, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to get going. And I'm, you know, just love talking ball. That's, it's as simple as that. Just love talking ball. Awesome. Same here. And we really appreciate you coming on and we love talking football too. And it's great to have, uh, someone like yourself to talk a little bit, uh, about the draft coming up and some of the players and Sean mm -hmm. hit him up with some questions. <laughs> um, of course, uh, this is a, a Jets uh, centric podcast and mm -hmm. uh, we like, we like to talk everything Jets and uh, we just love football on the whole, but um, we got to talk about uh, this situation with uh, um, the pick at number two that the Jets have mm -hmm. this year, which it's almost like they can't go wrong here. Um, oh, there's first, one, there's one wanna... way they could go wrong, but <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> um, um, the, the, um, we got to start with the whole uh, Zach Wilson question. Um, are you suspicious of his rise at all? Because a lot of his, his detractors kind of use that against him. Um, I would say that I'm, I'm not suspicious but I wouldn't say that it's not a hundred percent, not suspicious. I'm like 95% not suspicious. Um, he's, he's a three-year starter. And I think that's, that's undervalued, especially since a lot of these guys, uh, he's got more starting experience than Trevor Lawrence does. Hmm. And, you know, compared to Trey Lance, who has started 16 games. So there's a, crazy. there's a big disparity. Um, right. It's, it's, it's crazy. And if you go back and watch his 2018, when he was a freshman, you see the arm talent. It's not as developed, but you see it. It's it doesn't look like this is a flash in the pan. He just all of a sudden got better in one year. You see 2018. He looks raw, but he's the same guy. 2019. He's hurt. He had shoulder surgery in the offseason before his 2019 season. Okay. Gets another year to be healthy. And when you hear the what the, the work this guy did to get better, where in the offseason between his 2019 and 2020 seasons, he would drive 10 hours from Provo, where BYU is, to go work out with his quarterback coach, John Beck, on the weekends. And to afford it, he would work at Uber Eats. Wow. I, that doesn't sound that's like true. a silver screen kid to me. No, not at all. <laughs> no, that doesn't. I mean, say what you want about, you know, politics, his family, you know, all of that aside, just judging Zach Wilson in a vacuum. I have not heard anyone that's actually been around the guy say anything, but he's a hard worker. Right. And that matters, especially for a quarterback. And, you know, sure. Everyone's going to say, well, everyone said the same thing about Sam. Zach Wilson <laughs> is a different class of athlete than Sam Darnold. Yes, he, he is in mobility, throwing all of it. He's, he's a different class. So I don't, I wouldn't say it's a fluke. I think that he got better. I think that he got healthy and I think that he put in the work and right. it, it was the perfect storm of all of that coming together. The only reason I'm a little bit suspicious is 
BYU as a whole got better. And Zach Wilson was the main part of that. But Brady Christensen is one of like my favorite down the board offensive tackles in this class. Hmm. Uh, He was their left tackle. Um, They got some receivers that aren't going to blow the doors off anybody, but they know what they're doing. Well, you know, he was, he and Dax Millen were on the same page every game. And, Hmm. you know, you got to be a a talented guy and a smart guy to, you know, be that on the same page with the quarterback. So I'm, I'm a little suspicious just because of BYU's rise, but I'm 95% sure that it's just because Zach Wilson put in the work. Yeah, that, 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 I mean, that makes so much sense um, because I hate when um, conclusions are made in a vacuum and not taking into account all Mm -hmm. the things you just, you just listed, you just listed um, because a lot of his distractors, that's what they do. They literally, Yep. say that he came out of he came out of nowhere which is almost mm-hmm. impossible if yeah. he if he started for 3 years um yeah that that i mean that that's awesome man i think i think as much i think at the end of the day i think um if i'm i'm not i'm i was never low on Zach Wilson at all i think i think mm-hmm. um and when i found out all this stuff because i i heard an interview i i, I want to say is uh um um, play like a jet uh, on his yep. podcast. I heard I heard the yep. full, um, the fullback talk yep. about Scott's awesome. Love Scott. Yeah, yeah. Scott is great. Yeah, I've been listening for a while too. Um, but um, I was um pretty impressed, and and even some of the stuff you put it, you you just know you just mentioned. I mean, I'm I'm pretty mm-hmm. impressed with the kid already. Um, but we can't have a Zach Wilson um conversation without, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, inserting a Justin Fields in and because he's an option also. Agreed. And um, agreed 100%. And um and I I and his detractors talk about mm-hmm. him he, he can't read uh, progressions and he's he's more of an athlete which I think is yeah. kind of ridiculous. Um what right. is your take? Oh no, the guy runs 4-4. That's a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> what is your uh, okay. take on so, that? Yeah. Yeah, my take on Justin Fields, um, Justin Fields detractors are worse than Zach Wilson detractors because (laughs) all of the things that you can maybe make an argument for for Zach Wilson, you can. I'm not a big, uh, you know, competition guy. It matters. But I think, again, context, um, just because you didn't play against the best people doesn't mean that you are automatically going to be bad in the NFL. I mean, you know, Josh Allen was not playing with anybody great. Carson Wentz, you know, we'll see how, what he does now. But Carson Wentz played like an MVP at one point. He was not playing with anybody great. Ben Roethlisberger went to Miami of Ohio. You know, we can go <laughs> on and on. Um, but Justin Fields, you can't say that about. You know, he played in the yep. Big Ten. He played on, you know, the biggest stage. Um, and if you want to look at it from a statistical aspect, we'll go through every aspect and break this down. Cause it's, it really bothers me. I really like Justin Fields. I like all these quarterbacks <laughs> for, for what it's worth, but Justin Fields is like the one guy where I'm like, come on now. Like, <laughs> like let's, let's, I'm not going to say it, but, but we know the big reason why the, the, uh-huh. yeah, we'll, yes, we'll, we'll, we'll just, we'll move on from leave that, that alone. Um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We'll leave that alone. It's um, other issue. You want to look at it from a statistical, you know, aspect he was the most accurate quarterback in college football over the last two years and it's really not even close i mean the guys 70 percent for two years in a row and then his his adjusted completion percentage goes up to like 80 that's that's insane i mean i can't remember another 
six two, two hundred and twenty five pound quarterback that, you know, pro day numbers aside, ran four four four. You want to add a couple seconds on it and call it four five flat? I'll tell you what, I think that four 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 is legit. I think I think that's a real time. I've seen him on you know pitch plays where he's running down the field to lay a block with Mm -hmm. a stride for stride with Chris Olave. Yeah, (laughs) corners don't run stride for stride with Chris Olave, and (laughs) Justin Fields is running stride for stride with Chris Olave. Um, Exactly. So I athleticism it's all there i think he very clearly especially the offense that they run the big knock on him is he holds the ball too long and he gets stuck on his first read that's not true his offense makes him do that because they run sight adjusts and wide receiver reads all the time and when you have a player like chris alave who is so quick and so good at reading space and reading what side a defender's leverage to and breaking out to it, the guy's going to get open so much, you know, it's a good play to call because it's really hard to defend. Right. And Ohio state, Ryan day doesn't get paid to put quarterbacks in the NFL. Ryan day gets paid to win national championships. Yes, sir. Justin Fields is not sitting there going, well, you know, maybe I'm going to come off Chris Olave on this read, even though the corners leveraged inside nine yards off and Olave is going to break out at 11 and it's going to be a 15 yard gain. I can just, you know, well, let me look him off so it looks better for scouts. Justin Fields doesn't care what looks good for scouts. Justin Fields wants right. to win. Yep. That's, that's what these guys are doing. They're not going out there. Any quarterback or any player for that matter that goes into the NFL or college football with the intent of looking good for the NFL solely will not look good for the NFL. <laughs> See how that works? Yes. Yeah, that works. Yeah. The NFL wants football players. The NFL doesn't want NFL players. Yep. Um, And on top of that, I mean, the toughness, the dude is so gritty. He is so tough and just, yeah. For as much as it can be a downfall for him, where he'll he will hang in the pocket a little too long because he wants to be Superman and go, well, I don't care if you hit me, I'll make the throw anyway. I love that about him and hated about him at the same time. I mean, it's it, that's not what Zach Wilson does. No, Zach Wilson's going to retreat. Zach yes. Wilson's going to he's going to try and you know spin out of somebody or, or shuffle or juke or he did he did this a lot in the coastal game where they would run play action from gun. I just watched this game last night because I heard people you know detractors Zach Wilson getting prepared. Funny enough, um, he defensive end would come unblocked and he'd give him a little juke and run outside. And he did it like four times in a row because he knew the guy was going to be unblocked. And he just said, well, I'll just make him miss. Well, Justin Fields would just stand there and let the guy hit him four times in a row. And (laughs) I love that from a toughness aspect. I don't like it from, you know, a health aspect, but he hasn't missed games. Yeah, exactly. Everyone, everyone thought he broke a rib against Clemson and then he throws six touchdowns. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I always get that game. After seeing that, I was like, oh, yeah, God, this it's, guy's <laughs> it's, it's a great game. Yeah, it's a great game. The, the big throw to Olave that you know, everyone's seen highlights of a hundred times. Mm-hmm. It's that is an NFL throw, and that is because of Justin Fields making NFL reads. He held the free safety on a dig route and gave Olave space to run behind him just long enough. Then he resets yep. in the pocket, little shuffle left, and uncorks a dime. I mean, come on. <laughs> what more do you want to see? 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> what more do you want to see? What more do you want to see? And, it, you know, uh, Benjamin Solak actually tweeted this, I think it was yesterday, that, or it was yesterday or this morning, and it kind of sums it up perfectly. It was, you know, my biggest knock with Justin Fields is that I wish he would be a little more willing to leave the pocket a little more loose and not so much controlled and so you're asking the, the big negative is you're asking the 6'2 225 guy who runs 4'4 to leave the pocket and run more yeah i saw when he texted that yeah i saw that actually yes yeah it's like <laughs> that was pretty like, funny. yeah okay like like yeah that's that's when you look at it that way yeah sure um and i think for the jets specifically i everything's pointing to zach wilson and if i had to bet i would bet that zach wilson will be the second pick in the draft but you want to talk about what Joe Douglas likes. Joe Douglas likes toughness, gritty, and guys who are not shy of contact. That's Justin Fields. Yes. That's, I, I mean, Corey Davis and Denzel Mims, contested catches, guys who block their asses off. Makai Becton is a truck. Like, it, th- these, are, these are the guys they've liked. Bryce Hall, you know, press corner, big, gritty. You know, they want to, Joe Douglas spent 14 years in Baltimore. They want to be the bigger team. They yep. want to be, they want to be the tougher team. They, they want to be explosive, but they want to be big and they want to be it's imposing. And, and that's their identity. I think it's why Robert Sala fits so well, because he wants that same identity. He wants to Makes- be, he, you know, the get off the bus team where <laughs> it's, it's the guys are walking off the bus and you're the opposing team and you're looking, you're going, Oh, there's oh, a no. dude and there's a dude and there's a dude. <laughs> and Oh, six, 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 five, you know, 220, 290, 280. It's just, you know, rocks, rocks, rocks. You know, that's, that's what they want. If that's what you want, you're going to take Justin Fields of all things are equal. Exactly. And, and, and that was the thing. I think I heard I, I, Bucket Brooks make the point about Ooh. the scheme fit of uh, Justin Fields right. in, in, um, in, in the Shanahan type system. And everybody wants to make the point that, oh, Shanahan always has these, kind of a NFL um, mm-hmm. offensive game yep. managers yep. in the system. Her and that's the way to go. Yep. And Bucky Brooks was like, well, the two people that won Super Bowls in that system was, uh, <laughs> was yep. John Elway and Steve, and Steve Young. Yep. Yeah. The two of the rarest talents you've ever Absolutely. seen late quarterback. Why mm-hmm. wouldn't you want that type yeah. of and, uh, and you know, And you know who was a rookie of the year under Kyle Shanahan? Robert Griffin the third. There you go. <laughs> no, it's it, why, why can't Justin Fields be everything that RG three was and more? Exactly, and and that was my point. And and I am talking to Chris earlier this week. I told him Justin Fields is my QB one, and it's not that I don't like uh, Wilson. Mm. Or I, I I because I think I think the two of them are not that far apart. Mm-hmm. Um, QB one for the opinion. Jets or QB one overall, including over Trevor Lawrence. No, in for the Jets, not over okay. Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Not that <laughs> That's what I figured. Uh, <laughs> I was just making sure. That's what I figured. Out of the guys we could get. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Right. I didn't know. I was talking to Chris Sims. Um, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, no. This, yeah ex- no, you're not. Um, it's it's just crazy, in my opinion, that uh, that that he. It's it's almost like I watched it slowly happen over time, where he Ooh. just kept going down boards. And down boards. Yeah. Why? And they, and none of the points that are brought up make Ooh. any sense to me. No, they, are, they don't even hold just, water. It's sad. No, exactly. It, that that's the thing. It's really sad that people are talking talking about a player that has a resume yeah. that like he has, 
about dropping after people like Trey Lance and Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. The, I think it was Gil Brandt that had the tweet that Justin Fields is being viewed between the, the top 10 and the fourth round. <laughs> show me please i I, would, I don't have the statistics i don't have the energy to go and prove that myself right but show me the statistics of any time in the last 50 years a 6 230 pound quarterback who ran 4-4 and threw 78 touchdowns in the power five in two years went any lower than the second round i'll be shocked if he gets out of the top five I'll be shocked <laughs> if he gets out of the top three. Top two, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think round, does he I break? cannot for the life of me. I will say this. The 49ers are not taking Mac Jones. Whoever they take, they're not taking Mac Jones. You don't trade three ones for Mac Jones. There's just, I, I, I refuse to believe it, especially when you look at all the other quarterbacks in that division, not to go off on too much of a tangent, but yes, Matt Stafford, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Mac Jones. <laughs> no no yeah, no exactly how about, no how about stafford kyler russell fields that right. sounds like a more fair fight that sounds exactly. like you know that sounds like no you, you don't especially when uh john lynch had said that they went to ownership and said that they're planning on keeping jimmy g and made the trade to three they're taking fields or lance i for the life of me can't decide who but they're taking one of the two of them yeah, I think I think I think the reason why you can't decide who is because of the uh, just the sheer talent between the two players. I yeah. mean, it's, I love it's, Lance too. I, my yeah. first article for Jets X Factor was on Lance. Yes, I remember. <laughs> That's what I said. Um, yeah, man. Um, the the question at quarterback, I think Joe. Um, I think Joe Douglas has a hell of a pick on his hands here. Um, but I mm-hmm. still, in my opinion, don't think. I, th- I don't think this is a lose lose or a win lose in my opinion. I think I think he could do um, somehow. They could get away with either player. What's your take on that? Yeah, I, I would be I would be happy regardless. I would be the the worst thing they could do is not pick a quarterback second overall. Just well, pick, is that's not an option, is it? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I really don't think it is anymore. I think we can we can finally put that to bed. Until Sam Darnold is traded or the pick is actually made, when it comes to the Jets, I don't trust anything. Um, you know, I've seen I've <laughs> seen this story too many times of of you know late March mock drafts and then reality. But um, <laughs> well, let's I think in this the, situation, yeah, thankfully the I fans aren't running the, the drafts. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah well i mean if they would have been the last two years who would have known but that's yeah, it's a different argument um no I, yeah. i'd be happy with either one um i you had to you know i had to pick one i think i'm gonna take zach wilson but right. it's it's so so close and i would absolutely be ecstatic for Justin Fields because I think Justin Fields is has more upside and I think you know you're hoping not just to pick a quarterback for who's going to be good next year who's it's who's going to be good in five years yes sir and I think Wilson could be better right away and I think he can still develop and be good too and that's why I would take him I think he's a really special talent but I also think that Fields could be too and it would be right. like the thorn in my side of saying, yes, I took Jack- Zach Wilson second overall. And, you know, he's on the Jets and we're playing great. And then Justin Fields, they're playing against each other in the Super Bowl in San Francisco. And oh. like that's that's the scenario in my head that makes me kind of go, ah, 
Oh, I kind of secretly deep down kind of hope they pull off the shocker. I think it might, you know, just because it all looks like it's going to be Wilson, just God, every time don't stop betting against this kid, please. He's just going to keep proving you wrong. And he's so soft-spoken too. That's also why he doesn't get the, you know, the hype of everybody else because he doesn't say anything. He just does his work. He's an he's a silent true. assassin. He's just, and man, I love guys like that. And yeah, oh yeah, me too. Me too. Wilson's Wilson's a little flashier, but Fields is going to yes. be all the same amount of splash and, and explosion. And then he's just going to go back to the sideline. You know, put a finger up in the air. Next play. And that's <laughs> it's you can't it, it's 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 great. It's great. I love I love both of them. I really do. Yeah, and 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 um, surrounding all the 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 conversation with who we pick at number two is Ooh. what we're gonna do about our offensive line. And a lot of yeah. people want like talk about how bad the offensive line was, but in mm-hmm. my opinion, a tackle. Um, I know we're set at left tackle, uh, right tackle. Yes. I think we're not quite set, but I I think we could get away with. Fant at mm-hmm. right tackle. I don't think that's something like we need Fant. to. Right, I don't think it's something we need to uh, address right at this moment. That's why yeah. I I think the um, concentration should be interior. And Agreed. I had an issue with, and I think not only me, but most educated Jets fans had had an issue with uh, nothing in free agency interior offensive line wise. Um, right. Oh, me too. Yeah. Um. My my question is. Uh, who is your highest rated interior lineman you think the Jets could get um, at guard, left or right? Mm-hmm. And uh, um, and if and if you're not gonna pick, if you're not gonna uh, pick up high a guard, or if you if you think they should pick somebody lower or wait until the second or third yeah. round, who's somebody you have in mind for that? Gotcha. Um, we'll go a couple different scenarios here because uh, the Jets have completely and totally tied their own hands behind their back when it comes to how they need to address the interior offensive line now. It has to be, if not the second pick of their draft class, the third. And <laughs> I, <Maybe both. laughs> I, I will sneak preview. Um, I have a first round, full first round mock coming up probably couple weeks getting everything finalized waiting for trades to set down but i have some things laid out ahead of time sneak peek of that i have the jets trading to 19 for elijah vera tucker um and they would send uh 86 and 186 to washington so not sam just a third round and a sixth round because i don't think washington wants sam and i I think if they did they he would have already been on the team true um, yeah, the fact that they don't sign Ryan Fitzpatrick to sit to trade for Sam Darnold that doesn't make sense. Very true. Uh, yeah, that doesn't make sense because we don't we don't want Sam Darnold breaking his jaw, do we? <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. Not at all. No, no one. No, no one wants that for Sam. Um, so they trade eighty six, one eighty six. They go from twenty three to nineteen, and they get Vera Tucker because I think that the Colts and the Bears are two of the three teams ahead of them are desperate for offensive line as well Mm. and they're more desperate for offensive tackles but the guards in this class are offensive tackles and that's that's kind of crazy it is it's it's i can't really remember a year like this where you're gonna have some guys where it's the same player and one team is drafting him to be a tackle because that's what they need and another team is drafting him to be a guard because that's what they need and so i if they sit at 23 
they're going to have a hard time getting anybody that I would really want to, you know, bang, bang, bang on the table. That's a great pick. It would be you're reaching, but you're filling a need because you don't have a choice. And I right. never, I never like being in that situation where you have to reach for need. You'd ideally like to draft best player available. I've always subscribed to best player available at a position of need. Um, yes. And instead of just, you know, what's draft Leonard Williams at six, but um, <laughs> well, again, too bad. many tangents for one episode, um, but I, I love I, it. That's oh, whole... no, I love it. Yeah, this is great, guys. This is great. Um, no, I think they're, they're either going to have to trade up or they're going to have to pray somebody like Tevin Jenkins or Jalen Mayfield get to them. Um, we'll see. I think the quarterbacks at the top of the draft are going to push Rashawn Slater down. So I think True. that is that is going to help. I think uh, there's no way he gets past the Chargers, though. And then yeah, they definitely goes, need that. Yeah. And then after that, it's going to go Christian Darisaw. And I think that's right. The next pick at Minnesota at 14. Um, mm-hmm. And so that leaves Vera Tucker, Jalen Mayfield, Tevin Jenkins. And <sighs> you have to hope that in between 15 and 23, that those three guys don't go. Yeah, that's not two, a whole, two of the three picks in front of you's biggest <laughs> needs, right? The the biggest needs of Chicago and Indy are offensive tackle. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, it's you know Indy signed Sam Tevy. You're gonna you're gonna trust Sam Tevy to replace Anthony Costanzo. Okay, if you, that's what you <laughs> want to do, if if that's what you want to do to help your investment in Carson Wentz, go ahead. But I think they're gonna take a tackle, and Chicago I think is definitely gonna take a tackle. So you have to get in front of them. Washington right. doesn't have a ton of glaring needs that meet any value at that spot, especially after free agency. I was, mm. I felt like they could go corner, but then they signed William Jackson. Uh, yep. I felt like they could add maybe another explosive receiver. Well, they got Curtis Samuel. Their offensive line is good. You know, their, their biggest weakness, if you want to look at it from a total roster pr- uh, perspective would be inside linebacker, which I think is where they eventually will go. And Outside of, I, I'm a big Jeremiah Owusu-Koromo guy. I think he's a, a top Me 10 too. player. Yeah, yes, I sir. <laughs> love him. Oh, love him. It, by uh, the way, by the way, he's going to Denver ninth overall. You heard it here first. <laughs> oh, wow. You heard it here wow. first. He's going to Denver ninth overall because Vic Fangio is going to see Roquan Smith 2.0 plus, plus, plus. He's, wow. They signed yeah. Kendall Fuller. Their corner need is fixed. And now he has the green light to go get Roquan 2.0. Like he is going to be a Denver Bronco. When it happens, just remember you heard it here first. Um, <laughs> we, we will. All right, yeah. let me ask you this before we before we move on with the linemen. Do Ooh. you see any any of these quarterback needy teams trading up for one of the quarterbacks? Say at at, at um, I think they're going to try. I don't think they're going to succeed because I think Atlanta's taking one at four. Oh, okay. Mm. That, was, that was my part two to that question. Okay, I, yeah, that was my guess too. But yeah, I, I, with Atlanta at um justin fields and zach wilson and i even think trevor lawrence's pro days they had their head coach gm and offensive coordinator Hmm. for the team that's supposedly sticking with matt ryan (laughs) yeah okay right yeah okay yeah (laughs) i mean and and matt ryan i love matt ryan matt ryan seems like the type of guy that would be a really good like bridge mentor especially for a guy like trey lance who you might not necessarily want to start right away, but you give him a year to learn under Matt Ryan. Good luck, NFC South. 
Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, how about at five? Um, who's picking five? Oh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati, Cincinnati is, is just going to take Sewell and call it a day. Oh, okay. You don't think they're going to go QB? Uh, if someone wants to give up that many picks for Mac Jones for real, I mean, that's that mean, right. their prerogative. But <laughs> I, I, another, you know, insight into the mock draft since we've kind of gotten there. I have Mac Jones going eighth to the Panthers. Okay. There you go. Because uh, I think Joe Brady's going to see the same type of distributor that he had at LSU with Joe Burrow, albeit to, you know, not quite the same skill set. But, you know, just I'm going to have guys, I'm going to scheme them open. I need someone to get them the ball. Well, that's Mac Jones. Yeah, true. Very true. So it's, you know, they were in on Stafford. They offered, they traded, they offered eighth, of, eighth overall straight up for Stafford. Hmm. Who's to say they wouldn't spend it on Mac Jones? That is, that is true. That is true. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So the, um, the offense, so back to the, um, our, mm-hmm. our offensive lineman, if you're not, if let's say that is not an, uh, um, that's not an option going up, which is something Ooh. you you really kind of I um kind of pointed out yeah. in a really clear way here. Um kind of mm-hmm. kind of took me back a little bit. It's really cool. Um um where where else would you would you target uh interior offensive linemen in the second round? Uh, I would. And I'll give you I'll give you my my dream pick. Uh the 34th overall selection is Dylan Radin's offensive tackle from North Dakota State, who converts to left guard. Uh, because they run outside zone, wide zone, split zone all the time. He's Hmm. very experienced in doing it. The arm length is a little suspect, which I think he could survive at offensive tackle, but he's a little light. He's one of those athletic get out in space linemen. He's a really, really good reach blocker, which is why I think he would be awesome at left guard next to Mekhi Becton because wide zone, you're going to have Mekhi Becton kicking out the defensive end and you're going to have Raiden's reach blocking on the outside. You're going to have the C gap wide open. And that's, that's what I envision for him. And I think that, the only worry would be core strength, especially when you're, you know, if it's down blocks, you're trying to drive people out. But when you got Mackay Becton to double team with, you can't ask for a better partner. <laughs> so I'm hoping that, that that could be the familiarity in the scheme could be a, a good fit. That's I haven't seen that much. It's one of my theories because the, the, the true guards in this class don't fit our scheme. Wyatt mm. Davis is great. That is very true. Is he's just he's a he's a baller and that's that's good for him. I'm not saying that's bad, but it's just not a a fit for what the Jets want to do. They want to yeah they want to beat you with angles more than beating you with you know power. Well, they want Makai Becton to beat you with power and just kick the guy out of the frame, and then everybody else beat you with angles. <laughs> yeah, he yeah um I I kind of caught up with that. Uh, a lot of the just straight up guards, the uh, really power gap scheme type guys. Yeah. Um, that's what I saw. Um. And uh, I'm here's to um, any one of your uh, dreams uh, happening, either drafting up or <laughs> picking picking uh, Radance uh, mm-hmm. and and number two. I hope so. Um, I think I think another and I probably one or two um, important position that the Jets neglected, in my opinion, is for some mm-hmm. reason still has yeah. this corner. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's no excuse for it. I don't understand. I really don't get it. And when you look at what we have in house, it's just a bunch of yeah. young guys that have mm-hmm. uh, unproven talent. Um, right. There's one what, corner what, on the roster I have confidence in, and it's Bryce Hall. That uh, that's crazy. That that you know that should not be how you should be going into the draft, in my opinion. 
Uh, again, know, you, you kind of tying yourself into a position, into a situation yep. where, yeah. you know, you have to pick. And the guy that um, I love, because I'm probably we're probably never going to get hands on mm-hmm. the top three guys. And and um, who is your top three, by the way, because I know everybody has it mixed up in so many different ways. Uh, let me what what, do you, what who do you see as your top three, three corners? corners? Yeah, gotcha. Um, I had to change it you know, very briefly because one was Caleb Farley and then right. the back injury happened. And so that obviously, you know, changes things. Um, I'm eager to see, uh, do either of you guys follow Brett Coleman? Oh yeah. Right here. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he posted a tweet. Um, it was either yesterday or this morning, but it was a doctor breaking down the surgery that he had, or he's going to get, oh, I, I missed that to one. watch it yet, but I want yeah, to watch it. it because I want to, yeah. I want to find out more about his injury, but without knowing, um, we're just going to, sit there aside i'm moving him down to cornerback two mm-hmm. um so that would put sertan farley jc horn would be my three all right. three of them are are basically have the same grade is that they are my top three but they are in a tier of their own and in that the gap between three and four is bigger than the gap between one and three wow yeah we- we, we, we spoke, um, it's so funny. Um, I hit up Scott, um, Scott Mason on Twitter because he, he's in love with Horn. And I said, I, I love, I love Sertan more than Horn. Yeah. And he was like, you got to go back and watch the film. I was like, yeah, I saw the film, but he, but in my opinion, um, Sertan, I just love the fact that it seems like he sees everything before it happens. It's almost like yeah, he has it's... a third eye. This is the difference between Pat Sertan and J.C. Horn, and it's the most un- undiscussed part of, of the argument between them. Both of them have NFL bloodlines, obviously. Yes. I'm sure yes. J.C. Horn has learned and gotten better at corner because he got to work with his dad, who was a receiver, on mm-hmm. what receivers are going to do, how they're going to break reading, you know, what corners gave him trouble, I'm sure. Pat Sertan right. Sr., you know, was a, a Pro Bowl corner in his own right. I'm sure he's taught yes. his son, you know, this is what to look for in splits. This is what, you know, all, all of that. One of those guys was coached by Nick Saban. Huh. <laughs> One of the best DB anything, pass coverage, anything of, you know, God knows how many years. So wow, it's great one point. thing to have NFL bloodlines. It's another thing to have NFL bloodlines and be coached by Nick Saban for three years. <laughs> that's a great point and so that is where i feel like it's you know jc horn jc horn if we want to talk about who's the better you know profile of an athlete prototype talent jc jc horn is the number one in the class yes and a a healthy caleb farley is but we're not going to talk about a healthy caleb farley as much but um right which by the way i would not be upset if they took him 23rd right all the the linemen are gone he is you think he's, I, he is? You think he's going to fall to 23? With that back injury, I, I need to get into it, but but back injuries for corners, especially his second one, it's, mm. it's scary. That's going right. it's gonna, to it's gonna cause some problems. Now, I'm, right. I'm the type of person that when the player is so talented, I'll take the risk and I don't care. I, I right. pounded the table for Jalen Smith, 20th overall in 2016. They took Darren Lee. Oh, <laughs> I said, I don't care about Jalen Smith's knee injury. Jalen Smith's the third best player in the class. Like, I was like, I've shown, I haven't never seen a linebacker this big, this fast, this instinctive, this good in coverage, this good pass rushing, this good stopping the run. I was like, show me a weakness in Jalen Smith other than he got hurt. 
oh, well, right. is he going to be the same player? How many guys <laughs> have to tear their ACL and come back fine for us to be done with this? Yeah, this conversation needs to be over. Like, yeah. <laughs> it absolutely needs to be over. So a, a back injury is different, but I'm, I, I think that's possible they could take a corner at 23 if all the linemen are gone. And so the guy you would look to if all the top three would be gone would be Greg Newsom from Northwestern. Yep. And, and he's a good, he's a good steam fit. He's, he's definitely a good scheme fit. I have a slight bone to pick uh, and it's that Northwestern's uniforms make it impossibly hard to see who is who <laughs> when you're watching tape. Um, That's pretty I funny. Way, way more time than I care to trying admit, to find trying him. To find Greg Newsom yes. on tape. Yep. Yes. Yep. Because it's, because it's a, a black two with a dark purple outline on a yeah, black you uniform. Yeah. From, you can't from tell. 40 yards in the air. Yeah. Um, I'm like, Does, uh, yeah. I'm like, oh, great. I've spent this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I was just gonna actually about Newsom quick. Does, does his injury mm-hmm. history play into it too? Like like Folly, because Newsom's missed a, a lot of games too. It does. It does. Um I'm this is me personally. When I am a stickler for injuries, and that there are very, very rare circumstances like a Caleb Farley where I'm gonna be okay with an injury, especially an injury history. When guys have an injury history, it travels. I, I, I can't think of any player over the last couple of years that was routinely injured in college repetitively, not just once, or they had an injury, they had an injury history that's gone to the NFL and started every game. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it follows. And right. so that would scare me off with Newsom a little bit. I... I think he would fit the scheme. I think he's, yeah. he's plenty smart. You know, Pat Fitzgerald's a great coach. I think that, you know, he's very obviously well-coached. He's well-experienced. I think he would be a good player. I don't know if he, I, I don't, I feel like it would be a slight reach. You know, if I had to mm. put him in a top 50, he'd probably be like 39, 41 for me, somewhere right. in that range, top 40, but barely. And so you're taking him at 23, but again, when you have a need that big, you know, I'll live mm. with a, with a reach because I'm otherwise, what am, what are my options? Yeah. Right. It's, I'd, <laughs> I'd rather reach for a corner. That's, you know, I'd, at middle of the first round reach for a second round corner than have no one. Right. And, and that's the kind of issue that the Jets have put themselves in without yeah. addressing the situation in free agency, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I'm really surprised they didn't sign Kev, uh, Kyle Fuller. I yeah, mean, and, and what I about understand what, him going to Denver? Like, because he right. already played with Vic Fangio and he played his best ball under Vic Fangio. So I'm not saying that they, you know, they very well could have been in, but but I don't know how you didn't give him twice what Denver was offering. Like, I mean, I, I, at the position of need, perfect. I mean, at a yeah. and a scheme fit. And yeah, like, imagine it. Yeah, imagine that. Yeah, I I, I didn't get it. But there's still corners out there that, that we could sign. Do you, you think there's a chance that we get one of them before? Um, it's possible. Part of me thinks if we, if they were, it would have happened already, though. Exactly. Because I just, I, it's, you know, if you're not, at this point, the people who are involved are going to be involved. And, you know, you can't be arguing that much money because these aren't top of the line, amazing players. And everyone, like Steven Nelson. Uh, for, exactly. That's uh, the, the name I was going to Yep, yes. is is the one that everyone everyone wants. Again, he could fit. I think it's not quite the same defense Pittsburgh runs, but he could he could fit. I mean, he's an NFL. He's a pro. I'm sure. You know, it's not like he, he he's gonna have to learn 
a, a completely different system. Robert Sala's defense isn't that complicated. Um, right. He could fit. And again, it would be a body. And when you look at what you have now, you kind of think, well, why not? So I'm, I'm exactly. with you guys. I mean, I, I, I would have brought him in. I would have brought in Kyle Fuller. You know, at this point, I'd bring in Richard Sherman just to teach Bryce Hall how to be better. Yes. Um, it's I, I think it could be a scary downfall with a team. And I know why they're doing it this way. Because Robert Sala wants to win up front first. Mm. They look at throughout history of the 49ers since Kyle Shanahan had been there. They drafted Mike McGlinchey in the first round. And outside of this year, which will be a quarterback, Robert Sala isn't there, so it doesn't quite count. Every other first-round pick they had was a defensive lineman. Brandon Ayuk, they got an extra one. But it's Javon Kinlaw, it's Solomon Thomas, it's Nick Bosa. You know, it was Eric, even though the they had Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner, they already had two first-round picks in a row. They draft Solomon Thomas, and then they come mm. back two years later and draft Nick Bosa. They want yep. to win up front. Right. They want, especially because Robert Sala says, I don't need as good corners because I'm rushing four. Mm. I'm not going to blitz as much. I'm going to rush four. I'm going to let my front four badasses get home and do the heavy lifting for me. And we're going to rush four. We're going to drop seven. We're going to have linebackers who are speedy in zone coverage. We're going to have safeties who rotate and can you know play trap calls in the middle of the field. We're going to let our pass coverage be as wide as we can, kind of cast a wide net and let our front four do the work. To do that, you got to invest in the front four. Right. And, you know, even if you look at their additions throughout the time Robert Sala was in San Francisco, you know, they signed Richard Sherman, but it wasn't like a, you know, oh, they're signing, you know, the best corner on the market to, you know, the number one money of all time. This wasn't the Jets getting Revis again. Yeah, like sure. which you know that was dumb for what it was worth, even though we were all happy <laughs> at the time. But um, that's you know they were they were adding they've added small guys. They took a chance on Jason Verrett. You know yes. he was you know former you know I which one of my favorite draft prospects ever. Jason Verrett loved him coming out. Really? Um, yes. Oh gosh. Cool. Oh, I love Jason Verrett so much. Jason Verrett is in the <laughs> Hall of Fame of guys that I was pounding the table for that went later that did better than other guys. Um, <laughs> that's loved him so they haven't um they haven't addressed corner that heavily throughout history so it's it's not their mo to do so but that doesn't mean that the jets corner situation isn't so bad that they need to do it exactly and and that's the problem and this, this is two positions now that we just talked about that we were kind of worried about and kind yeah. of put puts them in a in a kind of a bind in my opinion um going into the draft where that anything could happen at this, at this point, you know, that's one of the things about the draft that you never know what's going to happen. And uh, they would no. have to be pretty lucky to get their hands on both a competitive uh, guard or uh, interior player, interior offensive lineman and a competitive or very good corner. Um, they'd have yeah. to be pretty lucky in my opinion, to get away with that. Um, moving on. Uh, I think I think a position that is not talked about a lot, which worries me, is linebacker. And all we have Agreed. is Mosley, as Mosley, and we signed Davis from uh, mm -hmm. from the from Detroit. Detroit, and and uh, Davis hasn't reached his ceiling. 
is one of those guys that when Detroit drafted him, I was scratching my head. I didn't understand, you know, because of the way they were playing. I didn't really get it. Yeah, um, yeah. He didn't quite fit them. Yeah, exactly. And and I'm not um, quite sure he fits us either, to be quite to be completely uh, honest. That's exactly what I was about to say. I, I don't see it. Um, I maybe they have some kind of way, you know, they might see something Ooh. in the way he's he plays and that might fit right. what they're about to do. I don't know. Um, but what what do you think is the way a way that the Jets could attack that problem? Because I think it's a bigger problem than people give give it credit. It definitely is, especially in this defense. Like we just talked about with the corners where there isn't as much on the corners, there's more on the linebackers. And the good thing that I think we should, we should take a moment and remember here, Robert Sala is probably the best four, three linebacker coach that the NFL's had over the last 10 years. Oh, wow. If you look at his track record, I mean, go throughout history from his time, literally from his starting as a coach. I'm going to list some of the players that have played linebacker under Robert Sala. Brian Cushing, Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright, Bruce Irvin. Um, Oh, yeah. Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Quan Alexander. Uh, There's... Yep, there's one other. There's one other in San Francisco. Who was the guy they had just uh, a little bit ago? But anyway, those are like Bobby Wagner's a Hall of Famer. Fred Warner's an All Pro. You know, KJ Wright's you know like a four or five time Pro Bowler. Brian Cushing was a Pro Bowler. This it's just the guy drafts guys that are athletes and turns them into Pro Bowlers. That's what he does. That's what he's done his whole career. Every single spot he's been at. So you would hope that if there's anybody that can make Davis better, it's Robert Sala. Right. So I, I, I think that would be a point. I also would guarantee they're going to draft one. Yes. And I think I think it's going to be Jabril Cox from LSU at 66. There you go. Book it, Chris. And, we spoke oh, about that earlier. <laughs> yeah, that was, well, here's a, here's was, a Jabril Cox was. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say about, about drafting one at that 23. I know it's it, it gets crazy now. Like, OK, 23. Comes, Tucker's not available. They don't end up trading up. Uh, yeah, they don't end up trading up at all. So now they're stuck mm-hmm. at 23. Do you take Newsom there because the top three corners are taken already? Mm-hmm. Uh, or do you go, do you switch over and take one of the linebackers? Um, it would depend on who it was. And it would depend mm-hmm. on if Vera Tucker is, if Vera Tucker, if Vera Tucker isn't there and Tevin Jenkins is, I'm taking Tevin Jenkins. Yep. Let him play and, inside. And, you know. And yes, and I'm putting him at right guard and I'm calling myself a happy camper. Um, if neither of them are there, we'll just assume that there's that there's no good offensive lineman left. And if the Jets hadn't made it obvious that they aren't drafting a center, I'd take Creed Humphrey 23rd. But yeah. the Jets have made it very clear that they want Connor McGovern at center. We'll see. Um, <laughs> I think he played well at the beginning uh you know we'll see he's developed but i if jeremiah wusu koromoa is there at 23 i don't care what other player is on the board i'm running the card in <laughs> he fits, like, he Vera, fits everything. i would take him over vera tucker i don't care because he would be a me he would be defensive rookie of the year under robert saw oh, man that kid but, uh, yeah oh my god Gosh, he is. Yeah. Can, I, can I can I just gush about him really quick? <laughs> you see, Chris, we had yeah. the, we had this conversation. We had a couple episodes where we were talking about our, our top fives, and um, and we were talking about how some people have him. Oh, as a safety, 
had no. a linebacker. I said, I no. don't care. I, well, you, I said yeah, he's a linebacker and he's the best linebacker. <laughs> yeah, there's a, he's, he's a middle linebacker. And, and yeah. it's, it's a shame because we're not going to see him. He's going to be a Bronco, but it's, it's, <laughs> he is, he's Roquan Smith, but better. It's it, the one thing that Roquan really didn't do well was take on blocks in space. And Joker isn't great at that, but he's, he's a lot more, he's longer and he's a lot more willing to, to right. get under people and knife Roquan was the, I'm going to be so fast. I'm going to backdoor you. And that yeah, works. Still, still you know? kind of that. Like, yeah. Right now yeah. in the NFL, you know, that, that works. Speed more. Yeah. And it worked in Chicago because they had Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman up front who said, okay, well, we'll just, we're just going to clog all the middle. You go clean up the trash. So it's Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa is Isaiah Simmons with better instincts. Ridiculous. Come on, man. Don't say that. <laughs> I, I, he, I, I cannot, I can't get enough of him. I can't get enough of him. I mean, this is Notre Dame built their defense around him. Yep. I mean, if we're going to be completely honest, they built their entire defense around him. They played base defense, 4-3 base defense, 44% of the time last season because they could. Mm. Because mm-hmm. they could. And they said, all right, Joker, you play slot. They're going to go three by one. You play slot. Okay. Just, I'll lock up receivers and man coverage on this play. And, you know, we're then we're going to call a pitch to the running back. You got to go track down the guy in the pitch play. Okay. He, uh, Brett Coleman <laughs> made this point in his video uh, that he did on Jeremiah. That was, he didn't well, get to put, oh, go watch it. You're going to have a fun time. Um, <laughs> he didn't get put in situations, situation. He was, or he didn't get put in situations to succeed. His matchups were dictated for him because Notre Dame said, you're going to be responsible to whatever is the closest receiver to the ball on the field side of the field, the wide side of the field. So he could be on one play matched up on a slot receiver. The next play he's on a tight end. The next play he's on a running back. He could be doing spy duties. He could be dropping in a zone. He could be in man. He could be blitzing. He could be, you know, tackling a screen. He's got all these responsibilities on any given play. And the offense gets to dictate who goes up against him. So they get to sit there and say, we know where you're going to be. And so we can either put our best guy on you to beat you, or we can put somebody else on you as a distraction and try and pick on other people. And when people got to the point of, well, we can't put our best guy on him because he's better than our best guy. And they tried to, to <laughs> they tried to completely go around him. He made plays anyway. Yep. He did it anyway. It's, it's it, what more do you want to see in the guy? Like, it, yeah. Love him. Love Joker. Yeah. He won't be a jet, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so is there any other guy uh, um, um, other than uh, Jibril, uh Cox or um, um, I'd think about Zayvon Collins if he made it to 34. Yeah, I, I, I really like Zayvon Collins. I think he's I think he's a good player. I think he's going to be gone by then. Right. Um, and I think that with Jabril Cox being available, this is the difference between corner and linebacker is mm. I like the mid round linebackers better than the mid round corners. Yes. So I'd be more willing to take the corner early than the linebacker. I agree. Unless it's yeah. Jeremiah Wusukoramo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's, yeah. But I, so I would be, I, I would be okay with, with uh, Zayvon Collins. He'd be a really good fit. I think he would be, he'd be really good. Um, and that's kind of where I'm less, I'm less worried about it because Robert Salas got such a great track record. 
Right. I mean, you know, everywhere the guy's been, he's just turned linebackers into gold. So um, that's if there's one thing I'm not worried about with the Jets, it's uh, uh, Salah's going to figure it out. At yeah, least and, and, in that spot of anywhere. Yeah. And I think, and I think, like you said, mid round, there's a lot of talented uh, yep. linebackers, I think. I yeah. think I think I think I would be leaning more to taking corner earlier than I would take linebacker. I agree with you. I agree. It's where the strength of the yeah. class is. Yeah, that, I I mean the fact that we have two picks in the in the third and two in the fourth. Chris, am I right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that I think yeah, that they have that, six picks in the top one hundred seven. I believe. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you should be able to uh, build this team through the draft, which is what uh, Joe mm-hmm. Douglas. Uh, has been pounding the table for. Um, right. I think my, I think, I think uh, I can't leave this podcast without asking because Jets fans, um, it's not really Ooh. a question for me, but Jets fans uh, <laughs> routinely, especially our, um, our partner, we normally do this podcast with our friend Davin, who is a little bit uh, tied up now, uh, lately is a little busy with family and work. Um, no, no, I feel that. Yeah, completely. I completely <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's rough. Um, he has two little ones, so mm-hmm. <laughs> it's bad. Um, not in a not in a bad way. <laughs> you know how? No, it is. yeah, you no, 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 yeah, no. I get kids. it. I get you, it. You know I, how uh, it is. But um, I take he, I take care of my mom and brother, so I understand that completely. Yeah, it's it's tough. Um, running back is something he likes, and he mm-hmm. he he always he's been pounding the table for Najee Harris. Which, yeah. uh, if in any way, if you listen to his his interview yesterday, mid show, everybody understood. That it's not Najee. No, it's Najee. Najee. Yep. <laughs> yep. I, so I saw that when I was getting out of work last night. I I, I retweeted it. I said hating, hating Najee Harris is like hating puppies. You can't do it. Like it's, <laughs> I, I I don't know how I don't know how anyone can hear him talking out fall in love. With him. Yeah, you so, this dude. Yeah, he's oh my yeah. It, it's very interesting this draft. There's so many guys that I just straight up want to have a beer with. They're just cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Just a lot of yeah. cool guys, man. Uh, but yeah. um, running back wise, um, depending on what the Jets Ooh. have done in free agency and what they have in house. Um, yes. um, is, do you see anybody in the draft that you think that's a that should uh, fit, especially the fact that uh, everybody thinks that there's going to be, well, Shanahan system, wide zone, mm-hmm. scheme right. fit run, running, running back. Um, Definitely. Is, is there anybody that you think mid round, late? round absolutely yeah absolutely um i'm gonna go out right here and say that Najee harris travis Etienne, you know javante williams michael carter they're fantastic players love them they're great players they're going to be great pros i am firmly in the don't pay and don't draft running backs high camp Um, right regardless of who it is saquon barkley is one of my favorite players in the world i still wouldn't have taken him second overall um but that said um, just, you know, taking them out of the equation that we're, we're not going to take a running back high and we are going to go mid to late rounds. Um, the two guys that I really, really like are Kylan Hill from Mississippi State and JV and Hawkins from uh, Louisville. Wow. And we'll start with Kylan Hill because I want to I want to go into Hawkins more. So we'll start with Kylan Hill. Kylan Hill, he only played one game in 2020. He played against LSU. Wasn't really, you know, that much of a game. But this is Mike Leach, Mississippi State now. And they hmm. were more pass happy than run heavy the year before. He had like 1,300 yards rushing in the SEC in 2019. 
Yeah. Uh, okay. That's impressive. With, yeah. That's <laughs> with which who else was on Mississippi State that, you know, was they had Elton Jenkins on the offensive line, which was a big help. And basically no one else on Mississippi State was yep. drafted. None. Yep. So, there you, go. you know, this is a guy he's putting up 1300 in the SEC, you know, almost by himself. And, hmm. and that's that stands for something. And he is a jitterbug. This yeah. dude is electric. He is. It's not his. He's got speed. He's got burst. But it's just it's almost like in off field aside, he reminds me of Darius guys. And that everything wow. he does is violent. Hmm. He runs. He looks like his feet are smacking into the ground as hard as they can. And he's going all out. He, he, you know, takes a, a, a catch in the backfield. He turns around linebackers coming at him, bounces off the tackle, springs away. He puts a jump cut and he goes a foot and a half in the air when he's jump cutting. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it's just, it's just a blast to watch because the guy is just explosive and, and violent and, and, and his every movement he makes He's versatile. He can run inside. He can run outside. Um, he's got really, really good vision. His feet are awesome. His stop start, his ability to, you know, stutter in the hole. And this is for when it comes to running backs, for me, I judge running backs on what you do when things aren't blocked well versus what you do when they are. Right. Um, because that's, that's what it's all about for me is what can you do in space? Can you create for yourself? Kylan right. Hill does nothing but create. It is any way he has to do it. I'll run through you. I'll run around you. I'll stiff arm. I'll spin. I'll juke. I'll, you know, drive my legs and twist my body. He like all gas, no brakes. That's Kylan Hill. There you go. (laughs) That's, that's Kylan Hill. Um, So if you're looking at it from that aspect, he's, he's one of my favorite guys. He's been one of my favorite guys uh, going all the way to last year. Also, you want to talk about, like you were saying, uh, Charmin about people you want to have a beer with the guy. One of the main proponents of getting Mississippi to change their state flag. Wow. Which, if anyone remembers, there you go. That's, that's really impressive. right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, this dude, this dude went to the governor's office and was like there when they signed the bill. You know, this is he, he was a big, big part of that. And to use your platform and to at the risk of potentially upsetting people in the NFL, um, mm. it's you know, he chose to, to, do, to do that anyway. That means a lot to me shows the guy's fearless shows he doesn't care that he's a good person and he's going to stand by what he believes in regardless that's the guy you want yes sir that's absolutely the guy you want so now we're going to go to jv and hawkins jv and hawkins is my favorite player in the 2021 class now not best obviously what? not best obviously but favorite but favorite Okay. And you want to talk about draft crush guy that I'm going to be a fan of, regardless of where he goes, it's JV and Hawkins. First things mm. first, he grew up 15 minutes from me in my hometown. Uh, I grew up in, in uh, Melbourne, Bias. Florida. I get grew it. Up... Sure. Oh, yeah, sure. If you want to go, if you want to go there, we'll start there. Like I said, favorite, favorite. This right. is not, we're not talking, you know, I'm not sitting here going JV and Hawkins one, Trevor Lawrence two. No, but no. Favorite player. He grew up, you know, right outside. He went to Cocoa High School, which was a rival high school of mine in the one year that I went to high school in Florida when I still live there. Um, he's a teammate, former teammate of Mackay Becton. So you hmm. got you know, the team connection right then and there. Louisville did ran basically the Shanahan running offense for two years. And all he's done throughout his career is run outside zone, wide zone, split zone and counters off of it. He is oh, wow. incredibly experienced in it. 
incredibly, incredibly, incredibly experienced. Even going back to high school, Coco High School ran a lot of wide zone um, because JV and Hawkins is so good running it. And you watch the film and you, you know, everyone's going to sit here and go, he's 5'9", he's 195, he's, you know, this quick little fast running back, the guy who you give him an inch, he's going to take a mile, but he's not going to be able to run through the tackles or create for himself or, you know, he's, he's, you know, one trick pony. That's not Javian Hawkins. That's Chuba Hubbard. That's not Javian Hawkins. Wow. Um, okay. That's, that is not him at all. He is explosive. He is quick. His feet again are awesome. His ability to jump cut is one of the best in this entire draft class. And I'm a big jump cut fan. If you, you gotta have a jump cut for me. Like if you don't have a jump cut as a running back, I, you're not going to get a high grade. It's, it's the, it's the most important thing for a running back is to be able to cut quickly on a dime, sink your hips and chain those moves together. It's not just the, well, I'm going to make my one cut and put the foot in the ground. That's great. There's guys that do that. They're awesome, but you can't, you got to do that and more. Hawkins will make you miss jump cuts feet. His vision is excellent. And then he does this thing every now and again, where he makes a play that he has no business making. There was a play against Miami Louisville's running outside zone. It gets destroyed. Miami's defensive end crashes the front side. The linebackers are sitting literally lined up like you could have drawn it up any better. B gap, A gap, B gap, lined up for the cutback coins. And Quincy Roche is the defensive end is coming backside unblocked as cleanup. Javian Hawkins has four defenders within a yard and a half of him, all squaring, looking dead at him after he gets the ball, puts his left foot in the ground, does a 180 and spins and outruns everybody around the corner for 25 yards on a score. What? I'll have to say. I gotta go. I gotta go yeah. find that play. <laughs> no, I have, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to send you the picture. I took a screenshot. Um, EJ EJ Snyder, who works with Brett Coleman on the bootleg football, has this thing where he he posted clips of guys where it was he scored on this play, and it's supposed to be them being surrounded by players. Kadarius Tony and uh, CD Lamb were featured on there. Right. <laughs> I sent one to him. I was like, add JV and Hawkins to the list because this is <laughs> this is this. And so I watched that tape. And I'm going, oh, wow. Okay. So this guy, he's, you know, he's not a one trick pony. He's, he's, he's got, he's doing this by himself. He's not just Louisville's giving him a line and he's got a Canyon and then it's just speed and that's it. You know, he's making this happen himself. Then I go watch FSU. He does it again. Hmm. He does it again, but this time it's a 70 yard score. Same situation, same play, same direction. It's an outside zone, right? FSU completely shuts it down put in the ground spin cut back this time it's 70 yards so so he's it's not luck it's a skill you can exactly. only be if it happens more than so once times. exactly right yep. you can only be lucky so many times before it's not luck anymore and and odds are just saying that it's to be expected so if you want to talk about a guy that's probably going to go in the fifth round maybe later because mm-hmm. they're going to see his size they're going to you know see oh one you know he's an outside zone late round you know change of pace back scat back all of that go ahead okay but but if that's what you want to call him sure but the guy averaged six yards a carry for a career at louisville ridiculous is if had if you combined his, his 2020 season was shortened but if you pace it out over a full year and you make that his career like total statistics he averaged like 1500 yards a season Oh, and really yeah that's 
Yeah, he had 15, 25 in 2019, and he had 706 games, like over 706 games this year at 6.2 yards a carry. And think about it, and we're talking about a guy that might be taken, you know, late fourth, fifth round. Like 157, yeah. That's great. Like like this guy is going to go, is going to go that late. And in, in our offense, he is every, he can be everything Ty Johnson is. I think he can be everything more than Ty Johnson because I think he's got better vision. I think he's more explosive. He can be better. Um, I think he's a better version of Philip Lindsay. And oh, if you remember, wow. Lindsay, <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, everyone's sitting there, undrafted running back, undersized, goes to his zone scheme and runs for 1100 his rookie year. Yep. And everyone goes, why that. do we draft running backs in the first round when they can be, you know, we can find guys like this. Well, yeah, I'm not going to take Najee Harris at 34 as great as he is. And as much as I love him as a person, I can get JV and Hawkins at 160. Right. Exactly. And, yep. and they're both going to run for 1100 in this scheme. So if yep. the, if, if the output's the same, you know, it, what's the, what's the difference? I, would pound the table for him he can run inside too that's like the best part about him is that he's got no fear if the inside lane is there if the front side gets walled off and the backside cutback is there he's not the i'm gonna keep going outside or i'm gonna i'm gonna keep bouncing or dance or do this it's like nope inside lane boom cut backside yeah oh i hate it too yeah that's not him that's not him he i i saw him truck a safety five yards on an inside oh He's five, I gotta nine, go watch this guy. Man. It was I'm a, gonna watch this guy. FSU. Go watch Jamie yeah, and Hawkins. Watch some tape on this guy. Go watch. I actually <laughs> my most recent work for Jets X Factor was on Jamie and Hawkins. So feel and I free. Missed, yeah, I gotta go read this one yeah, first, feel and free then I'll go, go watch it to go do that because <laughs> all the plays I'm talking about are clipped in that article. There so you go. You'll see. You'll see the whole nine. He's he's got he's the perfect fit, and I'm I will be heartbroken if he's not a Jet next year. Oh man! I, because really? I think he's it's he's the perfect fifth round pick. He's he's the perfect fifth round pick. He's like Kyle Shanahan. Kyle, the 49ers are going to want him too. There you go. Kyle Shanahan's going to go. That's Raheem Mostert again. Huh. Like that's <laughs> that's that's Matt Breida again. That's it's, same type. It's the same. It's the same type. It's the same type. It's there. They get called one cut runners because a lot of times the first gap is open and they only need to make one cut. But it's just right. guys who are have great vision, who have no fear cutting up inside, who can create for themselves when it isn't there, and they're just explosive and fast. Hmm. And that's that's it. And and Hawkins has like legit like four three speed. Like now, like four, now, four, now you four, got three, you nine. got me you got me falling in love, and I haven't even watched the guy yet. Man. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's a there's a play. It's in it's in the article. He's playing against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh shut him down, but he got them one time where Louisville runs. Um, they run a weak zone, which is it's a counter to outside zone where it looks like outside zone at the start, and then the left guard and the left tackle um, down block to the left instead of going to the right, and it creates a hole in the backside B gap. It's supposed to let the linebackers over pursue front side and then you cut back up the backside. Well, they run it perfectly. Louisville gets a hat on the hat. There's a canyon and Hawkins goes untouched 75 yards. Like it's, it's just one cut. Okay. There's the hole drew it up perfectly. It's doesn't even have to break a sweat to get past the linebackers. Boom. It's gone. Uh, it's, it's, it's real. <laughs> it, it's, it is, it is real. I, I, I love JB and Hawkins. 
man, Mr. Andrew Golden, man, this, I, I got to tell you, man, this is one of the most fun I've had interviewing. Yeah. And, and, and Joe Blewett, please don't come at me, man. I love you. <laughs> I love you. Connor Rogers, I love you, man. But. Oh no! Uh, don't don't Golden, put me up man. with those guys. That's too. That's <laughs> too on, hard for us. Oh <laughs> no, we we listen. I had a lot of fun listening, and I want to do this again. Um, oh, I had for a sure. lot of we'll fun to get you guys this, on man. our show. Oh, yeah, thank yeah, thank you so much for doing this, man. And yeah, uh, again, like I really said, yeah, we will reach out again because this was awesome. A lot of great Jets points here, man. Um, Jets fans, please. Go find this man, uh, Andrew. Um, yes, tell you. them where they can find you again. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, it is at a golden seventeen. Uh, you can also find my podcast at at OKD Pods, the Oklahoma Drill Podcast. We just launched the other day uh, with myself, uh, Matt, and Vito are my two other co-hosts. It's a weekly battle royale show where every week the three of us are each going to take a player, prospect, idea, etc argue it out to see who should be the best fit for the jets. And then there's a Twitter poll at the end of the show. Everyone votes. We find out a winner. So nice. that'll be, like I said, at OKD pod. Well, the next episode coming, I think Sunday is going to be episode two. Um, we'll go ahead. It's going to be on speaking of interior offensive line. There you go. And awesome. tackles can be converted to guard. So that'll be, That's it'll be, it'll be a fun show. We will definitely catch it. Thank yeah. you again, Andrew. And hopefully we'll get you on maybe, Maybe you could jump on with us after the draft and we could talk about all the picks that we got or that we didn't get. Oh, definitely. Do a full breakdown. <laughs> oh, we could sure. cry together that we yes. didn't get Damian Hawkins. Yes. Let's hope not. Yes, misery Let's hope does not. love company. That's for sure. <laughs> Let's hope there's no crying. Hopefully it's all laughter. But anyway, thanks again, yes. Andrew. Yep. Uh, stay safe. And um, yeah. thank you for joining yeah. us, everyone. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. Take flight. Thank you. Take flight. Take Bye. flight.